Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joe Milmine and this is episode 169, Knitting Challenges for 2021. Hello, hello and welcome to the first Shiny Bees podcast episode of 2021. I'm Joe. I'm your host, and I'm thrilled to be back here with you again today. New episode, new year, new outlook on life, all of that good stuff. And if you are back with me again, thank you for returning. And if you're a new listener today, welcome. I hope you will feel welcome here and enjoy hanging out with me and the other listeners, having a bit of nitty chat. Happy New Year to all of you listening to the podcast. It's been a new year for about two weeks. It feels longer, doesn't it? It does feel a little bit longer. There's been a lot of build up and a lot of looking forward to 2021 being different. Sort sort of not quite worked out that way so far, but sod it. You know, what can we do? Nothing. Control the controllables and yeah crack on basically what what else can, what else is there for us so yeah dead excited to be back really enjoyed the break over the holiday period over christmas ate a lot of mince pies drank a lot even more sherry i know it's for old ladies and dot cotton but it's actually really good it's meant to be the next big thing, apparently. You know, like how it was like gin and craft beer and rum's quite big now. Apparently sherry's the next big thing. So, you know, maybe I should get into it. Maybe I should get into it. Only in company, though. It's a bit weird drinking sherry on your own when you're 37. But, you know, there we go. So, yeah, I hope you had a lovely holiday period and got lots of knitting done had a load of like treats, got some good gifts, spent some time with people that you wanted to spend time with. Obviously, probably not quite to the level that we're used to, but again, control the controllables. What can you do? And yeah, I hope you watched some some good Christmas films and enjoyed yourself. It was relatively quiet over here at Shiny Heights, I have to say, and um, past me, past me did a great job in ordering a load of random food from booths and yeah just ate my way into a a coma basically it was delicious loved it so I found the other day the last remaining dregs not dregs I mean you can't really call brandy flavored cottage cream dregs in any conversation but you know the last remaining treats were found at the back of the the garage fridge and yeah, now it's it's into the cold grey light of day in January and it is really quite cold. It's been cold up here for a, a while in the northwest of England and today it has returned, the ice has melted and it has returned to its customary grey weather. It's very drizzly, it's going to drizzle all day. It's that fine rain that gets you wet through, as Peter Kay would say. And it's true, 
It does. It's that horrible stuff that hangs around all day. Good knitting weather though, right? Good knitting weather. And I have been doing a little bit of knitting, a little bit of knitting. I've been working on my hashtag delicious little joys, Cal, whilst watching interior design programs, which has been fun. Been watching interior design masters and that's been quite, quite good fun. Unfortunately, because I was busy watching what they were making, I did make a couple of errors and I'm having to tink back to quite long rows now to resolve that problem. But I'm really enjoying everyone being over in the Shiny Bees podcast community over on Mighty Networks. If you're not in, you can join. Just go shinybees.com forward slash community and it will take you straight over there. And there's been lots of pictures of some delicious little joy knitting and the little joys mostly the little joys, including one lovely listener sharing with us that her delicious little joy was getting engaged. How amazing is that? I know. So exciting. So we're still ongoing with that. It's going for another couple of weeks. It's supposed to finish at the beginning of February. That might not happen because I haven't finished my project. Uh, And because I don't think we we are out of the woods when it comes to needing daily delicious little joys yet. So we shall have to see. But I'd love to see if you are knitting anything, what you're working on over in there. So in today's episode, the next episode, um, I'm going to be talking about knitting challenges for 2021. Now, before you start panicking, I'm not going to tell you that you need to do one quite quite the opposite so yeah knitting challenges I've got a few examples of some that are going on in case you do want to get involved in a knitting challenge and I've also got some of Joe's top tips for engaging in a knitting challenge slash setting up your own private knitting challenge and things to think about when you are considering doing that don't worry, it's a no pressure zone. So if you don't want to do a knitting challenge, there will definitely be lots of um, affirmation for, for you that it's it's not necessary. You know, your knitting is your knitting and you don't need to be challenged if you don't want to be. But if you want some ideas, then I'm, I'm sure I've got some for you. So get your knitting, get your brew and we will crack on with the show. So, knitting challenges then. If you've been around the knitting internet for any length of time, you'll know that knitting challenges are quite popular. I mean, you could consider a knit-along to be a knitting challenge, um, especially if it's a mystery knit-along where people are unveiling their knitting as they make progress on the various clues, or whether it's something like the Make Nine in Nine where you choose nine projects that you want to make during the the year. There are various different options out there for knitting challenges and the basic concept is that you choose something that you would like to do and you do it. So sometimes that will be with other people as part of a group challenge which a knit along would can you know count as or if you're joining in on social media where you're sharing your project um, and your progress with other people using a specific hashtag then you could consider that to be a knitting challenge of sorts and they take all different sort of uh, formats and complexity and all that other good stuff 
And a lot of people at this time of year, they'd like to plan ahead. They like to get out, you know, their planners and their washi tapes and their bujos or whatever and think about what sort of stuff they want to plan through the year. Now, you might be a person that does that, which is awesome and means that, you know, you're thinking at the beginning of the year about what you want to be knitting. And it might be that you combine this with something like a stash down. I know it's kind of a swear word. But maybe you want to concentrate on using up your stash this year and therefore you plan your projects according to that. Maybe you want to concentrate on knitting locally this year and you want to plan your projects according to that. So it's not just about a skill or not just about a particular pattern, but it can also be about the materials that you are using for whatever it is that you are making. And the beginning of the year is as good a time as any to think about what you want to achieve. And you can even, and someone brought this up in the Shiny Bees podcast community, consider using a, a vision board for your knitting if you would like. If you want to gather together your ideas of what you would love to achieve in your knitting life this year and what you would love to make, then you can totally do that with a vision board as well. So, as I said, there's like quite a few going around the internet that seem to run every year or have run for a little while that I've seen advertised again recently. And I'm going to share some of those with you as some ideas for what you could do if you want to engage in some sort of knitting challenge. As I said, Make Nine in Nine is um, one where you pick nine projects that you want to make. And quite often people will, will make a little collage of what projects they are choosing for the year and they're not always knitting sometimes it'd be sewing sometimes it'd be other stuff they make a little uh, collage and they share it on instagram and that that they're the projects that they're focusing on making for the year my dear pal helen at curious handmade podcast and if you don't already listen to her then i recommend that you do she's quite chilled out compared to me um but a massive back catalogue of episodes for you to check out there she is doing the 20 for 2021 challenge i will put a link to this in the show notes because she's got a downloadable that goes with it but effectively it's like a prompt system so you've got loads of flexibility within that challenge to um, double up so that double dip on things so some projects will get you more ticks you don't have to do 20 projects you could pick a project that uses say British yarn and it's Fair Isle and it's a stash down project and you've knitted it on DPNs and that could be four ticks that's just an example but there are ways that you can combine several of the ticks into one project Again, she's got a little group going for that and um, a hashtag that you can use at 20 for 2021 and you can go and see what other projects other people are doing. I quite like that as a concept um, because it feels like you're joining in on something without it being like hard work because I personally find the word challenge feels heavy. I don't want to be challenged because to me, challenge is a nice word that you use for problem. Like if someone's been a bit of a knob and they're like, oh, that person, you know, it can be quite challenging at times. It's a nice way of saying pain in the ass. So I I really don't like the word challenge when it comes to things like this. But don't let that word kind of put you off is what I'm saying, because the way that 
kind of Helen's put this together, it, it's it's a pick and mix. You can you can choose to use bits of it for inspiration, like or to encourage you to try a new technique, maybe. But you can double up on it, so you don't have to do like twenty projects to take part in it. And I also like the idea that because it isn't a prescriptive challenge, and you don't have to do certain things on certain days or whatever. It means that you can look at what other people are doing and get inspired by it and get some ideas. Even if you don't want to do the challenge, you could go look at that hashtag and, and get some good, you know, some good pointers or some good, just some good stuff to look at, really, some good ideas. So um, that's 20 for 21. That's Curious Handmade. Another one that I quite like the idea of, possibly not the execution of, is a temperature blanket. And that's not me saying I think they look ugly. Um, it's me saying, wow, that is a commitment. <laughs> and effectively, um, a temperature blanket is where you follow the change in temperature in the area where you live or another area that you might choose. And you allocate a colour of yarn to certain bands of temperature. And then whatever the temperature is on that particular day, that's the colour that you knit. Um, Louise Tilbrook of Everyday Knitter has just done one of these. I think the project came in at like two kilograms or something in the end. And it, it basically went all the way down a staircase. It was enormous and it was a temperature blanket. And the temperature was taken from one of her favourite places in the Lake District that her and her family go and visit often. And she chose colours from kind of blue through to green and then oranges and yellows. It never gets that hot in the Lake District, but 2020 did actually get quite warm in a lot of areas in the UK. So definitely made for an interesting blanket there. And every day she would add a colour according to what the temperature was at this place in the Lake District. Now she has done a ebook that explains how you can do a temperature blanket if this sounds like something that you want to do. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. The show notes will be shinybees.com forward slash 169 when they are ready. And you'll be able to go straight through to Louise's site and get hold of that ebook there that will explain exactly how you do all of it. I love the idea of it because I'm a geographer, like I love I love temperature, I love physical geography and human geography. I am that weird person that took like a human geography, a physical geography, and then like a digital geography module when I did my degree. I love all aspects of it because I think geography is a great subject and it explains like how the world works and, and how things relate to each other. So I love the idea of it. I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't knit a blanket like every day something that big I, I I just cannot commit to doing it and I don't want it to be one of those 10-year projects that I write down because I know I could I could write down all of the temperatures every day and record them and then just knit on it when I get to it and I know I could do that I, I don't want to I don't want something that big sat around in a bag waiting to be moth food for five years till I get round to it don't want to do that what I could do instead, though, is instead of doing a blanket, is do something like socks and, you know, do one sock and then the next sock, depending on which, you know, where you want to start it or a scarf, you know, much less commitment and um, a lot faster, a lot faster. I just don't want to do something that is going to be that much 
work for me. I also I quite like the colours because, again, they're quite geographical, but what you could do is choose completely different colours. So if you think like the very earthy, traditional map colours for terrain or for temperature don't match your decor, you could pick another range of colours instead. All you do is set the colour and then off it goes. So if you've done one in the blues, greens and oranges, then you could do one in like pinks, purples and reds if you wanted. I mean, that'd be quite cool, I think. So... Yeah, temperature blanket. And there are other challenges you could consider. So the 52 weeks of socks. And I've seen a couple of people, I think Sally Cameron, pink hair girl, did this challenge last year where she knitted a pair of socks every week. Wow, that's a lot of knitting. Really warm feet though, so definitely worth it. And um, Liner have a book out where they've got 52 weeks of socks with sock patterns for each week. I've heard very mixed reviews about it. I haven't seen the book myself, but I've definitely heard mixed reviews about the, the explanations in the patterns. Um, so I would go and just have a look because I can't, I can't recommend something I've not used myself. Um, so just check that because I, that I have heard that might be a thing. Might be a thing, not definitely. Um, but that is something you could use or you could go onto the internet and pick your own 52 patterns or you could pick 12 patterns and do a pair of socks each month, for instance. Something like Operation Sock Draw, which is written by the Knitmore Girls, is another book and, and they've got, again, you put in hashtag Operation Sock Draw, you'll get hundreds of thousands of tags and ideas for socks and patterns and yarn to make a load of socks. And I mean, after a year, if you've got 12 pairs of hand-knit socks all for your little self, I mean, how happy are you going to be in, in December? I personally love, this has just come to me, I personally love the idea, idea of, not the execution of, I'm an ideas person, the idea of like a sock advent calendar where you knit like 25 pairs of socks and then each day you get to put on, in December, you get to put on a new pair of hand-knit socks that you wear for that day. That would be pretty amazing. Do you not think? Think how warm your toes would be for the whole of December. Sod that horrible, like, manky advent calendar chocolate you get. I want cosy toes every single day. That would be very cool. You can have that idea for free. I might write, I might write 25 sock patterns and put it out there. I mean, you know what? Why not? Anyway. So they're just some ideas of different knitting challenges that you might want to take on in terms of patterns. Like I said, you can also consider doing things in, about using up your yarns or choosing different projects that are already kind of paired up with a pattern uh, to stash down or, or whatever else. You know, it really doesn't matter what you decide to do if you want to do a knitting challenge. Now, I did promise you some of my top tips. And first of all, I'm going to signpost you to episode 77, which is called Knitting Goals. It's about four years old now, this one. Um, but it talks in that episode, there's some chat about how to set goals and make them realistic and all of that kind of stuff for your knitting. If you want to, if you want to, and I'll come back to that again and just say, like, before we move on to my top tips, my number one top tip. So I am moving on to my top tips here, aren't I? But my number one top tip is don't feel like you have to do a knitting challenge. Don't feel like because it's January, you have to have some big ideas for your knitting this year. If you want to start a challenge in, in June, do it. 
I personally hate the idea, and I've said this on the podcast before, I hate the idea of it being January, then you've got to set some ARB goals that you're not really invested in. You've set it because it's a date on the calendar. You've done none of the things you need to do to make those goals a reality, and you just end up feeling disappointed, flat, and like a sad little soggy pancake, right? Not good. It doesn't make anyone feel good. The weather's flipping miserable in the Northern Hemisphere this time of year. It's dark all the time. It's raining. It's miserable. It's wet. All of the fun is gone. All of the fairy lights are gone. The house looks bare. The last thing you need is to be feeling sad about your knitting because you've set some ARB goal because it was the beginning of January and you've not achieved it. There's no point. There's no point. Like I said, the word challenge feels like work to me. I don't like to use that word challenge when it comes to something fun like my knitting because knitting is supposed to be fun, right? Yes, it's an opportunity for self-exploration, for reflection. Um, it's quite yogic. It's got loads of benefits when it comes to like your memory and your brain and making you feel better and being creative. Like it's got all of these really amazing benefits and features and I don't like the idea of having to squash all of that into some push 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 must make this must do this must do it in the time frame has to be like this more 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 I, I don't want to do that I don't like the idea of it that's not what knitting is to me now that's probably because of the type of knitter I am if you are a person that just loves to churn, like churn stuff out and get stuff done, and you and you, what you enjoy about the knitting is getting through it and having the finished product at the end, and you know passing that on and moving on to the next thing. A challenge might be the perfect thing for you to just you know give you someone else to talk to while you're doing this and to share things with and share ideas with and get ideas from. It could be perfect, but the number one rule of the Shiny Bees podcast is it's it's your knitting. Do what you want. It is your knitting. Do what you want. That's it. You don't answer to anyone. It is your knitting. Do what you want. So, yeah, interesting though. I wonder if there was a different word for challenge instead, whether I'd like it more, but I can't think of a word that really makes me think, yeah, I want to pull all my stuff out. I want to knit. I want to make things. I want to challenge myself. Okay, number two then. My next big tip, and I've sort of gone into this in the last one as well, is try and avoid the FOMO. Think, have a really careful think about what it is that you, you separately want to learn, what it is that you want to do, what it is that you want to make for yourself. And then see if anyone is doing a challenge or something like that, or a knit along or whatever that you think would go well with what it is that you've decided you would like to learn or do or make. And then if you want to join in, crack on, join in. And if you don't, don't feel like you have to. Just because someone's doing something doesn't mean you have to join in with it. But I think getting really specific about what it is that you want to learn can help you with you know, planning your projects and deciding what you want to do next. And and also for avoiding that FOMO, like everyone sees these massive big knit-alongs where, you know, it's some big knitting name and they're doing this knit-along and you know full well you're never going to wear a shawl like that. 
No offence, Stephen. I'm not. It's too big. Five foot three. I can't wear one of your shawls because it's about 50 skeins in one shawl. I'd look like a Yeti. Like I can't, I'm not going to do that, right? Lovely, but not for me, you know? And it's really hard not to get drawn into the FOMO marketing and everyone's doing it and I'm going to join in too or else I'm going to miss out. Even though, you know, you're not going to wear, you're not going to wear that project. Like you're not, you're not actually wanting to knit it. It's just that you feel like you're going to miss out if you don't. And I think by having those ideas about what you would like to make or what maybe what things are missing in your wardrobe that you'd like to add to it or what accessories you would like to add or what experiences you would like to have with your knitting. And it all sounds a little bit airy-fairy if you just want to knit. I'll refer you to like the 10 minutes where I'm ranting about just knit what you want. If you think about what sort of stuff you do want to make, it can help you avoid going down those they are avoidable if you are forewarned. Otherwise, it's like a snake charm and you get sucked in. We all do it. We all do it, right? If you know what you want to make, you can forearm yourself against that and, and concentrate on what it is that you want to do. So like when I'm designing training, and I know I've taken you down like a 90 degree tangent here, but when when you're designing training for someone, when you're looking at what what abilities somebody needs to have, to do their job or whatever else, for instance, um, you look at that end end result. So like with my podcasting training, I'm like, right, okay, so by the end of this, they need to be able to do these things. Right, so what, let's break that down. What are, what's the knowledge they need to have? What are the skills they need to have? And what are the core competences they need to achieve in order to have that successful outcome at the end where they're able to record their own podcast and put it on iTunes and launch it to the world? How do I break that down? And then how do I break those things down further in order to achieve that? So that everything leads back to, you know, that desired competency at the end. What do they need to be able to do at the end of this? So you start with the end in mind. And, you know, if you've decided that you want to learn beaded knitting, for instance, this year, then you can do the same thing. So you can be like, at the end of this, I want to be able to knit this particular project in beaded knitting. And maybe that project is enormous. Maybe it's some freaking massive pie shawl with a, a gazillion beads in it, knitting the round and all of that. Maybe that's what you want to do at the end of it. If you started with that as your challenge for the year, it, it would become the temperature blanket of doom that lasts for five years and gets eaten by moths. Because you're not going to get there. It's too too big, too far for you to get in one step. So, you know, like break it down. What about if you're like, no, nah, I don't, you know, I want to be able to do beading knitting. I really like the idea of it, but I don't even know if I'm going to like it. Because some people try it and they're like, oh, I hate having to pick up the beads and put them on, on the knitting. Me, I love it. I love the fiddliness. I love the way they twinkle. I love the interruption and the change of having to like pick up my little crochet hook and put the little bead on and I love it. Some people hate it. But you wouldn't know that necessarily. So you need to test it, right? So, you know, you can break down the skill set into the different things that you need to learn. Maybe you just need to learn to put beads onto knitting and knit them in putting them on before you knit a stitch, putting them on after you knit a stitch. Then, you know, maybe you need to learn some lace knitting. Maybe the lace knitting goes with the beads. So then you'll learn the lace knitting parts that you need to know. Maybe it's just yarn overs, maybe it's whatever. 
then maybe you need to do lace with beads and you pick another small project to do with that before you then go on to some big, massive jock-off pie shawl, you know, with, with beads all over it, that's a massive commitment because then you've got all of those skills you need and you've practised them beforehand. This is a much better way for me of doing a knitting challenge because you've thought about what you want to be able to do and then you've worked backwards and broke down all of the different aspects you need to have in order to be able to do it. Now, yeah, you could just start the pie shawl. And a lot of people would. I would. I'd just start the freaking pie shawl. I'd just go for it. But coming at it from the kind of teacher Joe point of view, that is not the best way to build someone's confidence and to make it feel achievable because anyone can do anything most of the time. Like it's all a mental game. Generically speaking, obviously, there will be times when that's not possible. But I mean, most knitters, if they sat down and they were just like, I'm going to knit this pie shawl, I'm just going to do it. Eventually, they would get there. Eventually, everyone would get there. But what stops you is the thought that you can't do it or that it takes too long and you lose motivation. So it's about building in those things that make the person that you're teaching or which would be yourself in this situation makes them believe they're capable of doing it, actually, is what you need to do by breaking it down into much smaller, more achievable steps. And then, you know, you've got a year's worth of knitting towards a goal, if you like, of something you actually want to do, and it's it all leads you towards what you want to do. So that is quite a long sort of, it's a sort of different chat, but it's an explanation of like a way of avoiding the FOMO and getting distracted by the shiny, shiny on Instagram when you never wanted to knit that in the first place. And what you actually wanted to work on was something else. And also how, you know, ways that you can build yourself up to those bigger, more beautiful projects that perhaps feel quite daunting at the moment and that you worry that you're maybe not going to be able to achieve and you're wondering how you can make your knitting good enough to be able to do that. That would be a good way a good technique to use is to break it down and work backwards from those skills that are needed for that beautiful, intricate, amazing project that you would love to be able to knit and then build them into your year so that you're you're making stuff, you're learning, you're getting that feedback loop of reward of having something finished and and achieving certain bits of, of learning and the task without it being overwhelming. Number three of Joe's top tips, other than knit what you want, it's your knitting is cut yourself some slack, right? This is fun. Knitting is fun. It's your project. It's something you're learning. It's something you're creating. It's your art. Whatever knitting is to you, it is for you and it should be fun. It should be fun. Feeling guilty because you've not knit enough on something or you're behind on a mystery knit along or you know, you're not keeping up with some ARB thing or whatever and feeling bad about it, because that's what guilt is, it's not going to help you learn. It's not going to help you learn. It's not going to make you feel good. It's not going to make you enjoy your hobby. It's going to give you dead mojo. It's not going to do for you what knitting's supposed to do for people. It's not. So enjoy the process. And do you know what? If your mojo just gets up and walks out for months, that's okay. It's okay. It's gone out for a bit. Like a cat when it's hungry, it'll come back. I assume. I don't know. I haven't got a cat, but they do. People tell me. Um, It will come back. It will come back. And it's definitely something 
that happens in response to events. And we've had a lot, a load of shizzle going down, haven't we, in the last year or so. And there isn't really an end to that insight. And if you don't feel like knitting at the moment or making things, don't. Don't put pressure on yourself. Don't try and force it. Cut yourself some slack. Just let it go. If you said you were going to stash down and you just want to buy a new skin of yarn because it'll make you feel better and you're excited about it, do it. Do it. Don't don't fight it. You know, if it's, you're not answering to anyone but yourself and sometimes you just need to stop listening to that external voice that says you should, you must, you ought to and listen to your internal voice and do more of what you want rather than what you think you should or what other people tell you you should. Um, but I am going to tell you, you need to listen to yourself more. Um, so yeah, don't let your desire to join in with a challenge, or even if you have joined in with a challenge, kill your mojo and make it not fun for you. Just cut yourself some slack. You're a grown up, you're knitting, do what you want, right? So if you want to take a rest from it and you don't want to be following on and be ready for the next clue or whatever else it is, peace out, sis. Like, it's fine. So yeah. That's my chat about knitting challenges. I'm not going to do one, obviously. I'm not going to do a knitting challenge. I'm not a challenge person. I rebel against things like challenges. I feel like I I ought to and I have to and I don't want to do it because I like to just pick up. And I've learnt as well that you can't force the mojo and sometimes you just got to let it come and go and not worry about it. I do worry about it because I have hosted a knitting podcast for eight and a half years. And if you're not knitting, what do you post on social media and what do you talk about and all of that stuff? But just because you're not knitting doesn't mean you haven't got anything interesting to say about knitting and you can't research what's going on in knitting. You can't pick great patterns for people and you can't still provide value in other ways, right? That's what inner me says, outer me says, oh, well, you can't have a knitting podcast if you're not knitting. Well, yeah, I can and I have and I will. So watch me, you know? So yeah, hopefully that's given you some ideas about what you could do if you want to do a knitting challenge and make you feel totally vindicated if you don't want to do a knitting challenge. It's your knitting, do what you want. So I'm interested let me know if you are doing one. You can tag me on the socials. I'm at Shiny Bees or come over into the Shiny Bees podcast community on Mighty Networks. That is shinybees.com forward slash community. We'll take you in there and um, let me know in the answers underneath the show notes post for this episode or on the website at shinybees.com forward slash 169, which is where you will find all of the linky, linky, link fantastic information. So that is all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I have had, just in case you're wondering, I have had a square and a half of lint 90% chocolate. If you think I'm sounding a bit giddy, I feel like I might be. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. (laughs) I will be back again next week with some more nitty chat. But until then, please do take care. Have a lovely week. Happy crafting. And I will speak to you again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode are on the website at shinybees.com forward slash 169. 
And if you've enjoyed this show, I would really appreciate you leaving me a review over at podchaser.com. Thanks. I feel a need to laugh again with you if that's all right.